You're listening to a Stranger podcast. www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Lovecast. Savage just at the gym, which is something we gay people do. And this song came on that I haven't heard in a million years. And when I was a very young person, an extremely young person, practically fetal, and it was a big hit, I didn't understand the lyrics, but I understand them now. Rod Stewart's Tonight's the Night. Have you guys heard that recently? Many of you probably have never heard it. And I would encourage you to go to iTunes now before Rod Stewart dies and everybody rushes to iTunes to buy up all of his music, all of Michael Jackson, uh, and iTunes runs out of copies or however that works over at iTunes. Spread your wings and let me come inside. I think by wings he means legs. I totally didn't get that when I was seven or five or four when that was on the radio all the time. I thought they were like flying. I thought it was about like Learning to fly, not literally, just sort of figuratively, learning to fly and let yourself be free. I didn't realize it was open your legs so I can stick my gonorrhea, pus-dripping rock star cock in your twat and slam it back and forth until I blow a load. How did that get on the radio in the 70s? Jeez. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage today for details. My husband has always had the bisexual kick, um, but he wanted to be strictly monogamous to me, which is why we decided to get married. And, you know, we've had our ups and downs, probably more downs been up in the past year, and he met this uh, person online and started talking to his friends, and he professed his love to my husband, and it and um, my husband's intrigued by it, and he wants to go to England and seek this out. I don't know what to say to it, what, what to do, um, you know, I personally think it's kind of selfish to be, you know, saying that you want to commit to a monogamous relationship and then, you know, change your mind, but it's within his right to do so. So, I mean, what do I do? Do I go buy him a plane ticket? Do I say that it's fine, but, you know, I won't necessarily stick around and wait or, you know, do I, or do I wait it out? A word in defense of the bi folks who are already freaking out listening to this call. Lots of bisexuals are, according to bisexuals, capable of monogamy and monogamous commitment. And I, I, I hate having to mouth that phrase because I actually don't think that many monosexuals, which is the bisexual term of abuse for gay people and straight people, are capable of monogamous commitments. I don't think monogamy really works uh, very well in practice for most everybody. So – you know, this could just as easily be a straight guy who met some woman on the other end of the world and he wants to run off and see what the possibilities are with her. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but from where I'm sitting, it sure sounds like it's over. If your husband who committed to you and committed and made a monogamous commitment to you is scouring the earth for a new sex partner, is searching high and low, is planning to travel all the way to England 
to meet someone in person that he's only ever chatted with online, that's a bad sign, isn't it? He doesn't seem to care about the commitment he made to you or your feelings in this matter. Uh, and he wants what he wants. And it sounds like what he wants is him and cock and particularly his cock. So if you're not down with a polyamorous relationship being foisted on you without any sort of negotiation or discussion in advance, if you're not down with being in a non-monogamous marriage, particularly one that was not what you signed up for at the start, you might need to go. Uh, Or, you know, if you love him so much that you're willing to renegotiate terms and give him permission to spread his wings and fly and let this guy come inside, uh, you can make that call. You can do it. You can go for it. You can renegotiate terms. But the monogamous phase of your marriage is over and the commitment he made to you was one that obviously he shouldn't have made because he cannot keep. Not because he's bi, but because he's a vertebrate mammal. Hi, Dan. This is Taylor from Wasilla, Alaska. Uh, first off, I just want to say not everybody, you know, who lives up here is completely whacked out and bonkers as she is. But that being said, the vast majority of the population is. Everybody is just extremely religious and, you know, extremely Republican and just all kinds of fucked up. And that's where my problem lies, actually. Uh, there's this really cute guy who I flirt with all the time and he's just, he's really fun and, you know, he's gorgeous, which helps. But I'm afraid to kind of just go out there and be like, hi, are you, a, you know, like, are you crazy? Are you super religious and should I run to the hills now? And I do plan on moving actually down to the Washington, Bellingham area coming up. So it would be really smart to try to get into a relationship. But I'm not even sure that's what I want. Maybe I just want someone to fuck with, but you can't just fuck someone up here because everybody's crazy religious and they want to get married and have that like 30 kids. Bang the dude. Even if he's a conservative, even if he's a Christian, bang him. Uh, uh, something that a lot of people don't seem to understand or don't seem to be aware of is that liberalism is often a sexually transmitted infection. Sometimes, you know, you inherit your parents' political beliefs and you don't really think about them very deeply. And then you meet somebody who's totally gorgeous, who totally stirs you, uh, stirs your loins in a way that hopefully your parents never did. Who knows, Wasilla. And you, it, it sort of blows your mind that this person that you're so attracted to and so into has political beliefs that are diametrically opposed to yours. And then you begin to entertain the possibility that not all liberals and not all – or you know, this can work in the opposite direction too, unfortunately uh, – are crazy you know, uh, baby killers with fetal tissue stuck between their teeth. And you can bring this guy over to the light side. You can peel him off if he is a conservative Christian. His psycho uh, beliefs that he may not have thought again very deeply about. The same thing works with agnosticism. And atheism. A lot of people grow up, they never really think about their religion, they never think very deeply about religion. Then they meet somebody who they like because they want to fuck, who is not religious. And then they can't hold to the belief anymore that all religious people are evil and bad. And they start discussing religion with this person in a way that they wouldn't have discussed it just with any schmo that they weren't fucking. So even if you, even if you determine that this boy that you're into is a conservative, Republican, right-wing, Christian, douchebag, asshole, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't fuck him. You should fuck some sense into him, perhaps, before you leave. And maybe you will take him with you when you go, uh, and you will both arrive in a much better place. Hi, Dan. I'm a 25-year-old female. Recently, one of my friends passed away, 
if that wasn't hard enough to deal with, I'm having just major anger issues with my boyfriend. About two summers ago, when I was away on a business trip, my boyfriend got drunk and tried to have sex with my friend. Thankfully, she was very loyal, not to mention unattracted to my boyfriend, and sent him home in a cab. Since my boyfriend and I lived together, I was kind of forced to work things out with him, provided that he get his drinking under control, and was stupidly, stupidly, stupidly angry with her, my friend. Trust me, I know this was irrational and stupid. We were, my friend and I weren't on speaking terms for about a month, and her mom even came up to visit, and she texted me, called me, and asked me repeatedly to meet her mom. I didn't. Again, stupid, stupid, stupid. Eventually, I apologized to her, and we made up. Well, yada, 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 fast forward to the here and now. I just can't keep thinking that my boyfriend kept me from her for an entire month, and... It would have been, or even a day or whatever, because that was time I'll never get with her again. I know that this is irrational, and I just want to know if this is something that I can move past with him. Yeah, you could move past it if you'd make up your mind to stop being such a psychotic little douchebag about this. You had a bad patch with your friend caused by your boyfriend's actions. You've forgiven your friend. Now forgive your boyfriend. You know, ups and downs are part of all relationships. Uh, not that I'm excusing your boyfriend's behavior or yours for that matter, but this little like rough patch you had with your friend because of your boyfriend's actions and your irrational response is not time you lost with your friend. It's really part of the fabric of the relationship with your friend. This is something that you'll be able to look back on uh, later in life while you're still buds and it won't be – evidence, you know, it's not lost time. It didn't go down the memory hole. It's a time where your relationship was tested and it proved itself to be worth preserving and worth working past your rational bullshit. So it wasn't sort of lost time. It was valuable time. It was a time when you guys walked up to the edge of the cliff and stared out at the, over the precipice and realized that you're more important to each other then, you know, this irrational bullshit you let come between you. Why should you be angry at your boyfriend forever uh, and unable to forgive him for providing you and your friend with this opportunity to prove how very much you mean to each other? Try looking at it that way. Hey, Dan. I'm into a lot of kinky dom-sub stuff, and I'm curious about the idea. I'm turned on by the idea of getting a guy drunk frat boy style, uh, pouring booze up his ass. So uh, I'm wondering about three questions. First, uh, what kind of alcohol do you use for that? Uh, I was thinking vodka is pure, not a lot of impurities or anything else in there might be safe. Uh, but I also kind of like the idea of beer, just for its kind of frat boy appeal. Second, how do you get it in there? Uh, got a funnel, could use that for a shot of vodka, uh, or if I, you know, really lubed him up good. It took a lot, nice long, slow time, I could actually shove a beer bottle up his ass. That'd be kind of hot. Uh, third, how much? Uh, does one shot of vodka up your ass get you exactly as drunk as one shot of vodka down your throat? Or does it get you more drunk? You know, it gets you drunk faster, and that's uh, kind of what the turn-on is, and the power of it. But uh, is there a rule of thumb? You know, one shot down the throat equals two shots up the butt. Uh, and, of course, because it gets you drunk faster, there's safety issues. Obviously, you could make someone pass out real fast. If you did something real stupid, I suppose you could kill them with alcohol poisoning easier than drinking. Uh, and obviously, 
don't want to get anywhere near stuff like that. I looked on the internet, couldn't really find anything useful. What, uh, what do I need to know about making this sexy, fun, and safe? Thanks a lot, man. Bye. You can make this sexy and fun, but I don't really think there's any way you're going to be able to make this safe. Uh, when you talk about introducing alcohol into somebody's colon uh, by giving them a booze enema, that's going to be absorbed directly in the blood into the bloodstream, and you're going to get your victim or your sub drunker faster than you would if you were pouring it down his throat, as you said. Um, you can't throw up really very easily if it's an enema. Uh, it can remain there. You can quickly take somebody from inebriated to alcohol poisoning to dead. Uh, People who do booze enemas usually stick to wine or beer, very, very diluted wine or beer, and I don't recommend it. And the book Intimate Invasions, the erotic ins and outs of enema play, strongly urges against any use of anything boozy in an enema solution. You also don't want to be putting glass objects up somebody's rear end. You do not want to put a beer bottle in someone's ass lest it break and that person winds up with a colostomy bag uh, and you wind up in hell where you'll belong if you break a piece of glass in someone's ass. All that said, if you can find a dude who wants to submit in this way – Go for it. You both have the right to assume certain risks uh, as you explore your sexual pleasures. We all have a right you know, to take risks when we get on airplanes, take risks when we go snowboarding, take risks when we drive, take risks when we eat a chicken salad sandwich. To say that nobody should ever be able to take a risk when it comes to sex is just bullshit. So if you want to take this risk, go for it. I would encourage you not to go for it. But if you do go for it, use a very small amount of alcohol uh, until you get a sense for how quickly somebody gets drunk uh, on this stuff. Less than a shot. Uh, and I wouldn't use vodka. I wouldn't use spirits at all. The websites I looked at and the people I spoke to briefly before the show said that you should absolutely positively not never ever use hard alcohol if you're doing any sort of booze enema. Wine, beer, diluted. Very diluted. Uh, diluted? Because you're diluted, I think, if you're going to go ahead with this. Uh, but if you're going to go ahead with it, uh, dilute it. And I would encourage you, again, not to. But, you know, people do what people do. La, la, la. Please, no follow-up call. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like the Savage Lovecast. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage to get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. I would recommend The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexie, narrated by Sherman Alexie, and absolutely hilarious. Again, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage for your free audiobook download today. Hey, Dan. Um, I was calling with an ex-boyfriend question. I've never heard you answer a question on how to get back together with your ex, if you really want to. Um, me and my ex have been broken up for about, oh, I'd say, six or seven months now. And recently, we've been hanging out. I really want to get back together. Um, do I kind of lay out my cards on the table and say, this is what I want, although... I'm pretty sure he already kind of knows that. 
or do I just want to be fucking happy, fun times so he can, you know, miss what he's been missing pretty much. So what do I do? Uh, got your call. Any developments since you recorded your question? Oh, my God. Like, yes, I can't believe I'm talking to you. Um, Actually, quite a bit has happened. Go listen. Um, okay, so me and my boyfriend, or my ex, I guess he is, went out for two years, and he's four years younger than I am. I'm 25, and he's 21. Great, Robert, go ahead. And so we pretty much broke up because he thought things were getting too serious, even though I didn't, you know, want to get engaged or even move in. I just liked things where they were, and so he just kind of freaked out, I guess, full length time we were going out, and, you know broke things off. So we've been talking lately, and he, you know, well, I don't want to lose you, but I don't want anything at the same time he wants to play around. So I tell him I don't want to be his friend, and he just goes back and forth between I don't want to lose you and I don't want to do anything. So I kind of feel like maybe he's just stringing me along a little bit, so I'm not really sure what quite to do. Oh, so there have there there haven't really been any developments, but you uh, well, your cards on the table, and you said I want to get back together, and he's like, oh, I don't know, yes, no, uh, I don't want to lose you, but yeah. be tied down. Pretty much, what yeah. Are you like, casually at the moment, so that he can not feel tied down, and you can still have some face time and body time, but he can still see other people if that's what he wants. I don't know if I could do that. Like, I'm not like a extremely jealous person, but we have like a long history, and I don't think I would be able to. Watch him date other people, if you, you would, know what I mean. You wouldn't be there. Yeah, but I, we have a lot of mutual friends, and I feel like I would hear about it or know about it or find out or I don't know. Okay. Well, my advice would be to accept what you cannot change <laughs> and look at it and say, you know what? Well, I, I think he's telling the truth. Give him some credit and extend him that courtesy of just believing what he's telling you, which is he likes you, doesn't want to lose you, but he's not ready for a serious, exclusive commitment at his age. And how long were you guys dating? About two years. So you met when he was like 17 or 18? 18, yeah, and I was 22. <laughs> his, his feelings are completely legit. It is yeah, awfully yeah. early in anyone's life to, mm-hmm. to make a, a, that sort of commitment, to, you know, to be sexually exclusive, emotionally exclusive. Mm-hmm. Someone you met at 18... So if you guys are destined to be together, if you're really, really right for each other, you'll still be right for each other five years down the road when he's had opportunity to see what other girls are like, what other women are like, and assess Mm -hmm. your awesomeness compared to their not-so-awesomeness. Or you'll both by then have met other people. Yeah. But you you need to proceed emotionally from this point with this is over. Yeah. And if you guys get back together down the road, Yahtzee, if you don't, you're not going to be pining away for the next five or ten years. Yeah, I really don't want to do that. Like, I'm sure I won't either way, but... (laughs) You can't forego any opportunities that come your way just in case he might realize that he doesn't want to lose you. And you can't date to make him jealous. Don't don't play stupid games. No, no, no. Like, I feel like I'm either going to date him or, like, no contact at all. And that's no contact. (laughs) Even if it's a little dicey or difficult to manage with your mutual friends, you need to not be with each other. You need to not give him what you got to give, which is all your awesome company and, you know, emotional support and engagement. If he's not willing to give you what you want in exchange for all that, which is sex and exclusivity and a commitment. Yeah. So don't see him. Give him his freedom, cut him loose, say maybe, you know, five years down the road, fate will bring us back together. And if we're still both single, Mm -hmm. obviously we were meant to be together and you'll have the solid system and 
I won't be too bitter about it, I swear. <laughs> Hopefully. I'll probably be with somebody else by then. Probably. So, yeah. Well, that makes me sad. But thank you for calling me. I can't believe that you called. So. You're welcome, and, you. <laughs> and good luck. Hi, Dan. This is a 27-year-old heterosexual female. I've been dating my boyfriend for about two and a half years, and it's going well. There have been ups and downs, but it's going well. Um, my problem is that when he feels very affectionate toward me, when he is feeling good about us, he reverts to this very strange sort of childlike voice. It's the same voice that he uses when he speaks to animals and probably babies. Um, and I sort of like it, but I sort of don't like it, especially uh, when it's in sexual situations. It's sort of like the last type of voice I want to hear. And I also can't imagine him continuing this voice as we get older. Um, I don't know where it comes from, if it's from childhood of his own or whatever, but I just wanted to know how I can train him out of this. I tried to get you on the phone because I wanted to speak to you in a baby voice just to be an asshole. Uh, All you got to do is when he does it, say that, that voice, don't do that to me. That turns me off. I don't think that's cute or funny, particularly in a sexual situation. Don't do that. Learn to do something else. Learn to talk to me in some different way. It's just like when somebody kisses you and you think their kisses are lousy. You need to go to them and say, that's not how I like to be kissed. And then teach them how to kiss uh, in a way that turns you on. You need to say to him, whatever girlfriend you had in the past that thought that that voice was sexy and that was kind of appropriate to a sexual situation – She's retarded and she's gone and you're with me now and that turns me off. That has the opposite of the effect that you intend it to have when you whip that voice out. So let's learn to talk to me in a way that turns me on. However, whatever turns you on, barking orders in German, whatever works for you, tell him what works for you. But you have to you know, use those I statements and wean him from it. But you, you might want to just draw a little you know, line in the sand – Uh, that says, doesn't turn me on, don't do it. It's just like when you're with somebody who bites and you don't like to be bitten, you don't sort of wean them from biting you. You just say, you may not bite me like that. You may not. And if they start to bite you or if they bite you at all, you just get out of bed. You jump up and say, stop it. Same thing with him. Zero tolerance policy for the goo goo gaga bullshit anti-sexy sex talk. Hi, Dan. I'm a lesbian in my mid-20s with kind of a dilemma. I was wondering if there was an unwritten rule of conduct around dating a friend's ex. So here's a bit of backstory. My friend, who also happens to be my teammate, has brought her ex around our social circle a few times, and a few of us have since become friends with her. I admit I was interested, but the problem is my friend has strictly said she would not want any of her friends, including me, dating her ex. Well, her ex and I have been talking, and my friend has blown up at me. The thing is, they're not really exes in the traditional sense. They had a dishonest relationship because my friend was dating someone else the same time she was seeing this girl and neither one knew. They've since been able to move on as friends. And as we speak, my friend is kind of seeing another girl anyway, but she has this thing about keeping her ex on the back burner. I like her ex, and from what I can gather, she likes me. But if anything further were to progress, my friend would cut off any social ties with me completely. So, and I've only known my friend for a few months from playing on the same sports team, and I've become pretty good acquaintances, 
but I feel like she's being ridiculous and she needs to move on because that's what her ex has done and since she's currently seeing someone else. I mean, we have mutual friends who are torn on the issue and, you know, any advice you would have would be greatly appreciated. Your whole call, I assume that this friend that you're afraid of losing had been like your best friend for 15 years. No, and no. Toss out it's just a couple of months? Yeah. Fuck her. Yeah. I mean, fuck her ex and fuck her. Uh, you need to acquaint uh, this new friend uh, whose friendship um, doesn't sound very valuable or like something you would miss, frankly, uh, with the stats. Do you know how few lesbians there are in the world? Well, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, there are so many cliches out there that we all date each other out there. Well, you got There's not that many of you. And, and everyone, you know, every time I turn around, one of you is becoming a man or fucking men again. Like, <laughs> she can't piss on every dyke she slept with and claim dibs. No. If she's going to break up with this girl, she's on the market, you're on the market, friends get together with, you know, friends get together with friends of your, and you can't bitch about it. Right. It's infantile and it's immature and you shouldn't, you shouldn't be a bitch about it yourself, but you shouldn't tolerate it. You should laugh in her face in a, as charming a way as you possibly can and say, well, you're being silly, that's very silly. Ha ha ha, we're so few lesbians in the world, that's why we've, you know, the joke is we've all dated each other because we really have no choice. Ha ha ha, you need to get over it. Ha ha ha, I'm dating your ex. Fuck off. Right. There's actually been a bit of an update in this whole situation. Oh my God, I love is that yeah, um, so the girl that I had actually been seeing, she um, had told me like a week ago that her ex-girlfriend, who's madly in love with her, had invited her to go on an all-expense day trip to Costa Rica with her for the summer, and she's, and my the girl that I was dating, she's like, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to go, I'm probably not going to go, I'm probably not going to go, and then I hear from my friend who told me that she instead decided to go. So she's right now in some, like, romp in Costa Rica with her ex-girlfriend. So so this is the ex whose friendship you were worried about losing is in Costa Rica with the girl you wanted to date? The girl that I want to date has another ex-girlfriend who's madly in love with her. It feels like this girl has several girls who are all in love with her. (laughs) And it just feels like, it just felt like, you know, and I was wondering when she was going to tell me. There's two different things here. There's there's your friend's possessiveness, which seems a little psycho and unfair. It shouldn't be tolerated. You should laugh in her face and tell her she's being silly and knock it off. Uh, And then there's whether or not this girl that your friend believes you shouldn't be allowed to date because she dated her uh, is a player who strings women along. She lied to you, so in a way, and you shouldn't date her, but you should put your friend on notice that uh, you intend to date exes uh, or, or previouses um, of hers, or, you know, girls, she may end up dating exes of yours down the road. Because right, that's right. the way it is for you lesbians. Just aren't and, you. We exactly. Need to you. We, need to, we need to figure out where on Lesbos they make you people and bring more over here. Right, right. I need to definitely get a huge dating service out there of some sort. Yep. <laughs> to get on this. Well, good luck. Well, thank you. Sure thing. Hi, Dan. Um, I was just calling to tell you that twice in the past week, I was tempted to fake an orgasm, but as disturbing as this might sound, each time I heard your voice in the back of my head telling me not to. So I didn't. So thanks, Dan. 
I hope you keep popping up whenever I'm about to have an orgasm. I hope I don't pop up when you have an orgasm, like some timer in a turkey's ass at Thanksgiving. I hope I'm nowhere near you when you're having... Not that I'm not down with your orgasms. I am for your orgasms. And I want to give you props for not faking an orgasm with this guy. But the last thing that should be on your mind when you're with some straight dude is banging away with you with skill is me, is some like fag with a podcast who uh, has never given a woman an orgasm in his life. Uh, But thanks very much for your call. And I'm glad I could do you that solid. Is that what the kids are saying today? I'm looking at the text heavy at rescue. They're sort of saying, giving me that. Yeah. About three years ago, the kids were saying that like, anyway, we're done. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. This is a very important day at the podcast because I now know the number by heart after saying it out loud for two years. They didn't have to write it down and pass it to me on a slip of paper. It's 206-201-2720. Give us a call. Ask us a question. Leave a callback number. And if you get a mysterious, unidentified call uh, with a 206 area code at a time that you're not expecting a call from someone in a 206 area code, you might want to pick up because it might be me. Once again, that number, 206-201-2720. You download us every week at thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com. And the tech savvy at risk youth and I will be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.